Hello and welcome back to the Future of Real Estate podcast. I'm Damien Wilde. Well, we took an extended summer break, but we're back with an episode that gets right back on the front foot, showcasing opportunity and a city that wants change. That city is Birmingham. There's no shortage of development projects, MEPC's £700 million paradise perhaps the most notable. There's a wave of new occupiers tempted by a city with five universities and one of the youngest workforces in Europe. Hello, Goldman Sachs. And it's a city with no shortage of ambition either. It's a story bolstered by next year's Commonwealth Games, and not too far after that, HS2. Earlier this month, the City Council invited a group of investors to take a look themselves at the opportunities on offer, and I tagged along. We met in PwC's smart new offices, the accountancy giant is buying into the vision, and toured, on foot, this is a highly walkable city after all, some of the most notable opportunity areas. The wind blew, the rain held off and the sun peaked out. Don't underestimate the difference the weather can make. As council officials took investors through their plans, I took council leader Ian Ward and interim chief executive Deborah Cadman to one side to hear how they plan to capitalise. I asked them what's different this time, as Birmingham has always struck me as a city that has never quite delivered on its promise. And I asked Cadman whether that interim in her title might become permanent. Listen carefully to her answer. It doesn't sound to me like she's planning to go anywhere soon. Deborah, Ian, thank you very much for joining me. Ian, I'll start with you. You've got a, a room full of investors next door showcasing the city. What, what's, what do you hope to get out of today? What's the goal? Well, I think what we are presenting today is the opportunity for investment that uh, uh, the City of Birmingham offers. Uh, I've uh, been for some time now describing these, this 10-year period through to 2030 as a golden decade for Birmingham because we, uh, before the pandemic, were already attracting record levels of investment uh, into the city. Uh, and the factors that existed prior to the, the pandemic that were attracting that investment still exist as we come out of the pandemic and go into recovery. Uh, and so what, what, we, uh, what we're expecting out of today is... Uh, huge levels of interest in the opportunities that there are for investment and development here in Birmingham. And uh, I would expect that um, following on from today's meeting, what we will get is is real traction with these developers coming back to the city and wanting to be part of the future for Birmingham. And so what are the headlines? Why Birmingham? Uh, I think Birmingham uh, represents a real opportunity. We're a growing city. We're expecting our population to grow by 150,000 uh, in the period through to uh, 2030. We have um, huge demand for both uh, residential and for um, industrial development here in the city. We've got to build the homes for that growing population and we've got to create the jobs if people are to have a stake in, in the future of the city. So there's there's a real opportunity here for developers who are willing to work with the City Council, who are willing to look at innovation and are willing to deliver on the green agenda that we've set out, both in our uh, route to zero ambitions and in our future transport plan. So developers who can come and work with the city and are prepared to deliver on that agenda of route to zero, green development in the future, and are prepared to work with us to create the jobs and the housing for our people, then there's a real opportunity here. And it's an exciting decade that we're about to go into where there is, there's going to be, as they're hearing at the moment, a fantastic opportunity uh, on a number of sites spreading out of the city centre into the neighbourhoods uh, that are on the edge of the city centre where the people with the need to have a stake in the future actually live. OK, we'll come back to some of those in a, in a moment. But Deborah, there's an interesting phrase used uh, in the room just now that this is about people-led development, not place-led development. What, what does that mean? 
so, so that's at the heart of our levelling up plan. And uh, we've, we've been very purposeful about the growth that we're going to encourage and enable uh, across the city. And, and, and Damien, you've, you've heard me on, on a number of platforms in the past talk about the balance that you have to introduce when you're growing uh, economies. And, and I'm absolutely clear you can't have strong, stable economies without strong, stable communities. And we're interpreting and translating levelling up to, to be exactly that. If we want to level up Birmingham as a place, then we've got to invest in infrastructure, but also invest in people as well. So that's what we, we mean by people-led. And, and we've, we've, we've put out a very clear challenge to those people who want to come and invest in, in the city. Uh, we will welcome investment. We will uh, welcome those long-term strategic partnerships with investors and developers, but it's got to be done with, with people and communities at the heart of it. Uh, as well, and we're we're absolutely clear about that. Okay, and you you are going to be a home to MH, what was MHCLG? I've had to write this down. Now the Department for Leveling Up Housing and Communities. So that that brings leveling up to the city immediately. What what does it mean for Birmingham? I, I think what it means for Birmingham is that is that the, the civil service and through the department and government can can really touch, taste, and feel both the opportunities of, of the city, but also the need as well. Um, and, you, you know, we have some of our wards in, in the highest levels of, you know, experiencing the high, highest levels of deprivation across the country. And, and you know, and I'm hugely supportive of, of creating a good, productive relationship with civil servants and government. And I think the fact that they're moving out of Whitehall into the region and into the cities is a great plus and it means that we can have a, a more productive relationship because we all want the same thing right we all want strong stable communities cohesive communities but we also want strong growth as well and and we really believe that that birmingham you, you know we're, we're not just presenting birmingham's needs as asks of government we're we're saying we can really offer you something different for the uk by operating in a different way with our investment in developers. And important to have uh, departments, as well as Department for Leveling Up, Department of Transport, yeah. alongside new inward investors like Goldman Sachs as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you look at our Leveling Up aspirations, you know, it, it is about housing, it's about transport, it's about the green economy, it's about attracting global investment. So, so that's immediately four different departments um, from Whitehall that we want to have a different relationship with. Now, now, what we can do in Birmingham is we can join up the dots, you know, in a much more profound way by linking, you know, the transport needs, the, the kind of in global investment needs and, and the aspiration of Bayes and DEFRA to create a, a green you know, economy uh, for the UK, but more specifically for the Midlands and, and for Birmingham itself. So, so we're the, one of one of the offers is about to government is look, you know, we can join up the dots for you in this place. Okay, thank you. And Ian, there was some nice phrases in there. Be be bold, be Birmingham. A golden decade. You talked about that um, zero carbon transition and so on. And and it's thirty years since the ICC opened, just um, just around the corner from where we are now but it hasn't been linear that regeneration that transformation so what's different this time what what is going to make it a golden decade 
I think the very fact that um, we're at the beginning of uh, a curve of, of development here in Birmingham, we're, we're probably where Manchester was 20 years ago. Uh, and so the opportunity is now here in Birmingham, both with the availability of, 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 of sites and with the determination of the City Council to actually work with developers to bring about uh, much needed development in the city. Uh, I also think that the, the government talk about um, this whole agenda of levelling up, but it's got to be more than just a slogan. It's got to actually meaningfully change lives for people. And I'll give you two metrics where I think the dial has got to be shifted if this is to be real for people and to make a real difference. The first is that um, we have... Um, 42% of children in the city, almost half the children in the city, grow up in poverty. And I think that, that, is, that is probably uh, the most awful statistic of all the range of statistics that describe the city of Birmingham. And so if, if levelling up is to be more than a slogan, it's got to be something that really impacts on the lives of those children growing up in Birmingham. And the second one is that coming out of the pandemic, we now have almost one in five of our young people between the ages of 18 and 24 unemployed. So we've got to do something to put those people into work. Otherwise, we're at risk of a whole lost generation here in the city. So again, levelling up uh, has got to be uh, impacting on the lives of those young people, ensuring they do have a stake in the city going forward. And that's where I think Deborah is absolutely correct. It, it, Leveling up cannot be done from Whitehall by some command. It can only be delivered by the government working closely with local government and local government then working closely with the private sector to make a real difference to people's lives in the city. And that's what we've got to do. It's not it, infrastructure will help, but it's not solely about infrastructure. It's about people. And that bringing to get together of the, the public and private sectors is going to be very powerful in, in addressing those um, those real problems. But what do you want to see from those investors next door and others who are listening here? How, how, how can they get involved? Well, I think um, uh, we want to be working in partnership with uh, private sector investors. Birmingham City Council is the 20th largest landowner in the country, which is a remarkable uh, statistic, but it gives us a huge asset that we can use to work with developers to ensure that we get the right development in the right place, creating places where people would choose to live, work and play, uh, and creating uh, new communities right across the city, uh, where which is going to give people a reason to want to come to Birmingham and a reason to want to live and work in Birmingham. As Simon said in his presentation to the developers, Birmingham is a city of immigration. It's always been uh, about that. People have always come here looking for uh, work and a better future for their families. And that will continue to be the case going forward. So we have got to be working with developers to create those places that people are going to want to come to and to create the jobs that people can access in the future. I, I continue to see Birmingham growing as we go forward in terms of population. And that population is going to be coming not only from the four corners of the United Kingdom, but it's, it's going to be coming from a around the world as people increasingly look to those centres that can give them a job and a better future for their family. Okay, and Deborah, those developers have and investors have a range of stakeholder interests to meet. They've got a range of opportunities to consider. I wasn't going to bring up Manchester first in this interview, but as Ian did, I'll, I'll, I'll bring Manchester back up. But why, why should they invest in Birmingham ahead of a Manchester or ahead of a Cambridge or even a London? So, so the first thing I would say is, do you know, we're not in competition with Manchester, but we are. But, in but you are in competition with other cities. Well, yeah, but 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 we 
global cities. You know, it's not not just UK cities. It, it, you know, we truly believe, well, we know that Birmingham is, is a true global city. And, and in terms of attracting investment, you know, we're, we're big in our aspirations and we want to attract global investment. And, and one of the things I would say is that we've, we've invited certain developers and investors in today, but we've got many more knocking on our door asking to, to, to develop strategic partnerships with us, which is brilliant. And that's why this is a moment, I think, for Birmingham. And, and if I give you an example of the kind of conversation, so Lendlease, uh, and, and the, the leaders mentioned Lendlease and the 1.9 billion investment, you know, they, they truly want to see that investment as a, global, uh, a globally exemplar project for Lendlease. Um, so they see the development that they're, and the investment they're making in Birmingham as something that they want to showcase to the world. And that is absolutely phenomenal and, and brilliant. You know, and, and I don't think we can underestimate the impact and the potential of the Commonwealth Games in driving growth for us, because literally the eyes of the world will be on this city in less than a year's time. And, and you know, we talk very much about it. it's not just 11 days of, of sporting activity, it's 11 generation of leg legacy benefit. And, and we want to really make that count for, for residents and businesses in, in this city. So, you know, so I, I, I guess the big message is, yes, of course, we want to invite people in, but we also want to manage the interest that we're getting as well and make sure that that interest is converted into real practical development um, for the benefit of residents, but also to present an enabling environment for businesses that want to come and invest and grow in this city. I do think that the Commonwealth Games and the fact that we're hosting that next year does show the ambition of the city of Birmingham. Mm. If you recall, the, the Games were originally uh, heading for Durban in South Africa. They decided that it was, it was, it was uh, too much for them uh, in terms of affordability. There's not many uh, cities around the Commonwealth countries that could have stepped forward at that point to host the Games, particularly as we were going through um, a period of austerity in this country and local government was um, having uh, cuts imposed upon it and finding it more and more difficult to deliver the basic services that people expect. But nonetheless, the City of Birmingham did step forward. We have made the investment and what we're now beginning to see is that that investment in the Games is really paying off. We're levering in additional sources from government and elsewhere to put transport infrastructure in place that will uh, put us in a good place then for the uh, the investment then in, in homes and jobs going forward so I think it was a bold decision it echoes with our uh, our, our strap line now be bold be Birmingham uh, and it was the right decision and we will see that in the years to come it will pay off big time for this city and its people and you made an interesting point earlier uh, Ian about um, HS2 and Birmingham is it vital that Birmingham isn't seen as the end of the line but at the, at the centre of an extended line. Do you see that as more important for delivering lasting change in the Commonwealth Games even? Yes I do because um, HS2 if it's constructed in full and, and I would like to see it actually going uh, north of, um, of Leeds, Newcastle and right up into Scotland connecting up uh, Edinburgh and Glasgow as well because um, it will connect the, uh, the major cities outside of London. Uh, certainly across England, and if it, if we can persuade the government to build it up to Scotland, uh, including the two cities in Scotland as well. So just in England, it, it will create connectivity of eight million people 
uh, and bringing those people closer together will drive economic growth. So I do think it's, it is really important that Birmingham is at the centre of uh, a network of high-speed rail, not on the end of, of, of one line coming out of London. And we will continue to make the case that uh, high-speed rail needs to do precisely that. And it needs to go not only uh, up to Manchester, but it needs to go northeast to Leeds and beyond. Okay. And Deborah, in terms of the, the projects themselves, do they cover all sectors? Do they cover brown and greenish opportunities? Yeah, absolutely. As, as, as a leader said, we're the 20th largest landowner in, in the country. And, um, and, and it covers not just the city centre, but all the quarters as well. Now, they bring, it brings massive opportunities, but also um, it does present challenges as well. And if, if I give you a flavour, you know, one of the, the areas that I'm really excited about is the gun quarter. And I won't, I won't even begin to talk about the history because the leader is far better um, uh, and well-versed in, in the history of the gun quarter. But it, it is a, an area of great heritage and great ambition and great potential. But perversely, it's the area with, with the, one of the largest levels of gun crime in the city. So you can see that the, there is massive potential, but it's got to be developed in the right way. And, and the reason for that gun crime, I, I, won't, I won't bore you with the details and you'll know that, but we've got to be really purposeful in the way in which we develop that area of, of the town. So, so it covers all, you know, brown and green, but, but the, the message that we want to give is that this council will be as uh, facilitative and enabling as we possibly can to welcome the development of those in the right way, those and areas in the right way. Retail, offices, residential, do the opportunities lean uh, one way uh, or the other? Absolutely, but it will need to be the right development for the right reasons in the right way at the right time. So, so the conversations, the strategic conversations we're having with developers and investors are exactly about that. And, and you'll, you'll have heard that the Future City Plan is being developed at the moment. We're consulting with people. We want people's ideas. We want to use that process as the start of more strategic relationships with our partners, investors and developers. And Deborah, you're talking passionately about the opportunities here. You're interim chief executive mm -hmm. currently. Would you like the job? So, so my response to that is I'm chief executive until I'm not. Okay, that sounds like a well-practiced response. And Ian, just lastly, going, going back to those opportunities um, briefly, where have you seen most interest so far? Are there particular areas or particular kinds of opportunities? I think um, we've seen huge interest in uh, Digbeth uh, here in uh, the centre of Birmingham. Uh, it's interesting that... Um, Home to a film studio, potentially. Yes, uh, interest from the BBC, interest from uh, Stephen Knight. So, um, you know, this is on both a national and a global scale, the interest in, mm -hmm. in that part of, uh, of the centre of Birmingham. And it's interesting that at the, at the moment people will say to me it's not in the city centre, but of course it's a few minutes walk and it will be seen as being in the city centre in the future. And I think Digbeth has the potential if we get that development right. And it has to be about amplification, not gentrification. So amplifying what's already there, then I think it will become a really special part of Birmingham, as special as the Jewelry Quarter, uh, and no doubt as internationally renowned as the Jewelry Quarter as well. So that for me is probably the, uh, the, the, the location that currently has the most interest. But I think as we go forward, we'll see more and more interest in uh, more outer-lying parts of, of the city as, as well, because we have a situation where um, demand is always going to exceed supply within the city boundary. Um, we're utilising all of our brand 
brownfield sites to de deliver on our housing need and our need to create jobs. And we have been bold enough to recognise that uh, because we cannot uh, create all of the homes and the jobs that we need on brownfield sites, we've been bold enough to recognise we needed to release Greenbelt site, we had the largest release of Greenbelt anywhere in the United Kingdom in order to increase our ability to deliver homes and jobs. And we, going forward, will continue to be bold and we'll continue to make the right decisions for the people of this city. Ian, Deborah, thank you. After the interview, we toured the city and listening to council officials there, it's clear they see no sacred cows. Buildings will come down, some of them iconic, but it's what will replace them that matters most, both in terms of places and people. Thanks for listening. Join me next month for another episode on the future of real estate. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the EG Property Podcast. We hope you found the content insightful and helpful. If you'd like more of the same and to keep up with all the latest news, views, analysis and research that the EG Group has to provide, be sure to sign up to all of our property podcasts and subscribe to Radius Data Exchange for unlimited access to all of our content and comprehensive commercial real estate data.